This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. Hi, my name is Gabe Tenenbaum. I'm an associate professor of legal writing at Suffolk University Law School. I recently had an editorial published in the Boston Globe about the topic of medical apologies. And this is a topic that's important to lawyers and it's important to consumers, which are something that we talk about a great deal here at the law school. The issue is this, that in the context of medical malpractice, when someone's hurt by a doctor or a hospital or someone within the medical industry, there's a process that's been taking place by which insurance companies that represent the interests of the doctors or the hospitals essentially are trying to take the first pass at talking to the patient in what I would argue is an effort to dissuade them from pursuing compensation that they might need. And the way that they do this is by apologizing to them. Now, apologies are fundamentally a good thing. Everyone knows that from their basic sort of human interactions. But the reality is that sometimes apologies are made to manipulate. And what I wrote my editorial about, and before that a law review article, is about how they can be used to manipulate. The fundamental finding, and this is something that psychologists have known for a long time, and frankly I think insurance companies know it too, is that when a person makes an apology to another, the person who receives the apology is less likely to recognize that they've been harmed and perhaps that they need to be compensated for that harm. So to take it out of the context of medical malpractice, if you were playing ball in the yard and you broke a neighbor's window by, you know, hitting a home run and wiffle ball through the window, and you went and you apologized to that neighbor, and you did it not to say, geez, I'm sorry, I'll fix the window, but as an opportunity to sort of butter that neighbor up so that you didn't have to pay to repair it, that would be the sort of concern on a much more sophisticated level that I'm interested in. The most common way that apologies are used in the medical profession is that after a doctor suspects that he or she has made an error that's caused harm to a patient, the doctor will, and this is a rule that many facilities have, will talk to a risk manager. A risk manager is someone that works for the hospital essentially on behalf of the insurance company. They manage the money and try to keep compensation from going to patients who are injured. So in the medical context, after an accident, the doctor speaks to the risk manager and the risk manager arranges a meeting where they control the circumstances and they apologize to the patient. Now, my real concern is that the patients in these meetings typically aren't represented by legal counsel. So they're in a situation where they've been seriously injured through no fault of their own, and they're in a weaker position emotionally and in terms of sophistication when it comes to understanding of the legal and the medical issues, and they don't have any real representative. And this apology procedure can be used as a way to manipulate them out of simply seeking money. And it's been used in many states. Michigan has a program that's been in effect for several years. And the reality is, they wouldn't frame it this way, but the reality is the program works really well. And what happens is when someone gets hurt as a result of malpractice, they send them through this apology program, and they're able to keep more money for themselves, the hospital and insurance company, and keep more money away from the patients. Now, you know, in small cases, that's not such a big problem. You know, if you have a case that's worth a few thousand dollars and you're going to be able to go on in life and support yourself and support your family, you know, it's fine if a person accepts an apology in lieu of seeking money damages that they're entitled to under the law. My concern is the big cases, the cases where someone's really seriously injured, where they're not able to provide for themselves or their families, they're not able to go back to work, 
they have severe dysfunction that's going to mess up the rest of their lives. And in those cases, it makes me very, very nervous that a person would have a doctor and more significantly a risk manager and an insurance representative trying to convince them not to pursue the money that they need. There are a lot of examples. This program has been replicated dozens of times. You know, the truth is that the people that are behind these programs choose which examples that they're going to publish. So there was an example that the University of Michigan people published where a person came in and she was a woman who had been improperly diagnosed and the improper diagnosis led to a delay in finding out that she had a very serious form of cancer, I believe it was breast cancer. And the delayed diagnosis resulted in a situation where her life expectancy was limited and she was a woman who had a family, she had kids, she had a job. And after it was discovered, it was disclosed to her, which is also part of the requirements hospitals have, it was disclosed to her that this had occurred, that they'd misdiagnosed or failed to diagnose her, and that she had suffered harm as a result. And they put her through this quote-unquote apology program in Michigan. And what happened was, and they shared this information, the University of Michigan Hospital did, that they evaluated the case to be worth something like $3 million. And they apologized to the woman, and she felt good about the apology. And through her attorney, she asked for something like $2 million. And this, of course, is a million dollars less than Michigan Hospital thought that the case was worth. Well, they told her that that was outrageous. And they used the goodwill that they'd established, and they used the apology to negotiate down to something well under a million dollars. Now, this is money that this person presumably needs to go on to get medical treatment for the delayed diagnosis to support herself and her family. And it's something that the hospital said, look, we recognize this is worth, and again, I'm using a round number, something like $3 million. And we'll use this apology as a strategy to help us keep the payment down. And they were able to successfully do that. Now, what they'd say is that this is a big victory because everyone walked away happy. Now, this woman who went through the program, she is going to survive, which is a good thing, and is hopefully going to be able to go on with her life. But the thing that the hospital would point to is she reported she was happy with the apology and happy that she got one-sixth or one-seventh of the value of the case. Of course, they never told her that they thought the case was worth $3 million. So what we really have is a situation where this person's ignorant and they think they're getting a great deal, whereas the real experts who are backed up by attorneys at the hospital know it's not such a great deal and they use the apology for cover so that they can pull it off. One of the reasons that this is a really interesting topic and important one to talk about is because it rolls in very closely with things that we talk about here in class. One of the things that my students and, and other people's students spend a lot of time doing here at the law school is not just thinking about what the law says or what the cases say or how a court interprets them, but the policy implications of the laws and the cases that interpret them. So this is one of those examples of a situation where if you dig a little deeper and you think about what the significance is of a given law, you might find that you have a new interpretation of it that allows you to advance a set of ideas that hopefully do some good. And that's really my hope with this sort of research is that we have a group of people, patients who are unrepresented by legal counsel who are, in my view, at risk of being taken advantage of. And by this sort of research, we can try to help those people get on even footing. And that's something that consistently happens within this law school community is that people use their research to go out and affect some sort of change in society that they think is important. And I'm happy to play some small part in that tradition.
There have been sort of two articles that I've written about this topic. One is a law review article, and that was published in the Chapman Law Review. The article is called How Medical Apology Programs Harm Patients. And if anyone's interested in it, they can either get their hands on a copy of the Chapman Law Review, or they can go to a website called ssrn.com and type in the word medical apology, and a very late draft of the article will be available, and you'll be able to get it for free at ssrn.com and then typing in medical apology in the search box. A shorter version, which was a little less technical, appeared in the Boston Globe in response to a program that had been promoted by several local hospitals. And if anyone's interested in reading that, they can go to boston.com and search under medical apology, and they'll be able to find that editorial, which ran in May of 2012. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.